Chapter 28 September 15, 2360 Bosch, the day I toss and turn through the night, falling asleep decently somewhere after one bell. At four bells, I wake with a start and sit up, feeling the chill from the window I left ajar. I pull the covers over a sleeping Takai and softly kiss his cheek. What will he think of me today? I don't want him to be one of the many things I'm set to lose. I love him so. Then I shake my head a bit and swing my feet over the side of the bed. Deep breath. Time to work. Feelings will come later. I dress in my flight suit and check my weapons. They are secure and ready for action. I can't wait to watch Rob Abernathy's eyes as he dies. I wonder if they will look any emptier than how I remember them. Next, I make my way to the kids' rooms to check on Gray and Kick and Mac. I give myself a moment to think about the first moment I saw each of them. My sweet Ica Gray arriving quickly on a spring morning and giving a cry while she was still halfway in and halfway out of my body. Her first name means love song and Gray was Mama's surname. She navigates both Ido and Bosch so well. Kick, with his thick, dark hair, was the firstborn of the boys. He looks like Takai's twin. We named him Kita Keaton Shima. His first name means widespread brightness, and his second name is Teddy's surname, before he elected to change it to Bosch. Mac is actually Tano McRae Shima, a combination of Ido and Ford, the right path, and Teddy's middle name. He came into the world bottom first and a few minutes after his brother and had very little hair. He looks a lot like me. It was three-year-old Gray who gave them their nicknames the moment she met them. I give each child a kiss as they sleep, pulling the blankets around them to keep the chill of the September not quite morning from disturbing them. I slip out of the house and retrieve my motorbike from the shed. I push it down the street before starting it and hopping on to cruise to the old airfield. I arrive at a quarter to five bells and slip into the smallest vehicle of Papa's squadron. I really like this one. I roll onto the runway and lift off and set my coordinates for the mainland. I can make this flight in under a bell, take care of business and be home before Papa has his coffee. There's nothing below me but the stretch of sea, and I think about the Bosch before the air vessel age, navigating by the stars and, I guess, their compasses and sextons and astrolabes. It does seem a marvelous life. Most Bosch learn to sail as children. I never did, though. And Mimi and the bros tease me relentlessly when we go out. I am pretty hopeless, but I always intended to improve someday. I sink into memories of my best days on Bosch, and I'm surprised when my personal comm rings. It's Patty, calling with my specific coordinates. Hey, what do you have for me? I have your numbers, but there's been a shift in time. What? My eyes go to the clock. I have a schedule this morning, Patty, I think. What kind of shift? Looks like 0800, not 0600. My heart drops. Why? Hell if I know, Cat. Maybe the guy wanted to sleep in. Well, send me the coordinates. I'll see what I can do. What difference does it make? You on a tight schedule or something? Patty laughs. Actually, I am. But I'll wire your markers, Patty. Thanks for the update. I close my comm. I continue the flight for several more minutes before I hit autopilot and stare at the clock. I put my elbows on the helm and lean my head in my hands, running my fingers through my hair and scratching my scalp. I stop after a few moments and squeeze the top of my head. Then I sit back up and take over control from the autopilot and begin my turn back to Bosch. No, I can make it. Oh, no, you can't, Cat. Not even you can fly that fast. 
I scowl inwardly at the voice of reason nudging me. You promised a man you love and respect you would aid him. You can't put that aside to satisfy your hate. Shut up. No, this is the chance I've been waiting for. What's more important, love or hate? Fine. I make the full turn back toward Bosch. A fucking perfect opportunity to end Rob Abernathy, but it would have to wait. I won't let Papa down. I've waited this long. Another chance will come. Patty will be happy to get paid again. And my family, my Papa, my commitment is more important. When I arrive at Mama and Papa's just before eight bells, there's a steaming cup of coffee waiting for me. Moments later, Papa appears from the hall dressed in his formal master commander uniform, his vest neatly buttoned, the gold embellishments and buttons shining, holding his own coffee cup securely in his hand. I smile wanly at him, but no words come. I love you, girl, Papa says with a heartiness that I can't fathom. But I smile a bit more sincerely, then take his hand and kiss the middle knuckle. I hear the clock tower from the base begin to toll eight bells. I look off to the side. Odd to realize I know exactly where Rob Abernathy is at this moment, and he is still drawing breath. I shrug the thought away. We sit sipping the deep, rich, bitter coffee for a good half a bell until we hear Mama come creaking down the stairs. Her graying hair is loose around her shoulders and waves as she ties the belt of a deep blue dressing gown over her white nightgown. Her cheeks are flushed, and I find myself hoping that Mama and Papa made love that morning. Not exactly the thoughts most children have about their parents, but ours was not exactly like other parent-child relationships. Look at you two all dressed up. Are you planning to relive a mission? She laughed softly. The usual for breakfast, Teddy? Yes, ma'am, please. What about you, sweetheart? Anything? I swallow and feel my stomach lurch. I take a breath and clear my throat. I'm okay for now, Mama. Maybe later. I wonder if I'll ever see the inside of this cozy house again. Maybe I should eat something, if only for the memory. But my stomach is not willing to go down that road. As Papa sops the last of the egg yolk up with his toast, he leans back and says to Mama, Cat and I are going to take a little spin in one of the pets this morning. Mama is washing up in the kitchen, and it looks like she grips the edge of the counter at Papa's words. They know each other so well. I wonder what Papa has shared. But a moment later, Mama responds with a cheery, Wonderful. We will meet you at the event then? Papa stands and goes to the kitchen. They wrap their arms around each other and kiss. This hug seems to go on for moments longer than most. But that may just be me. I see final goodbyes and everything today. Then Papa turns to me. Let's head on then, cat. I swig the last of my coffee and head for the front door, leaving Papa to kiss Mama a second time. He joins me a moment later on the front stoop, and we walk in silence, in the chill fall morning, feeling the air crisp and cool on our cheeks. Finally, Papa asks, So, what's gonna happen? I glance left at the craggy face at my side and say, I'll tell you, but Papa, all you have to do is say you want to go home and we can turn around. Papa reaches out and takes my hand as we walk. I am going home, troop. I give a quick intake of air as we walk hand in hand. I review the plan with him, as we have for so many other missions we've run together. We arrive at the old airfield. Teddy walks to the cave and stands for a moment, running his hand along the rock entrance. Then he turns to me, his face expectant. I show him the vessel. A smile curves on his face. Skyhawk, huh? Excellent. You know I love it. 
I nod with my own smile and open the hatch. Teddy admires the second entrance a mere half meter from the hatch that will make it possible for me to open the door and not depressurize the interior. You've done a good job with details, girl. I glow from his praise. We sit down at the helm. Do you want to take off? I look at Papa as he smiles at the photos hung around the helm. Nope, you are in charge. Take me up. I start the engines, push the throttle, and then pull the yoke, taking off smoothly. I still love the feel of takeoff, and I know Papa does too, so I try to extend the pull of it for as long as possible before leveling off. Then I put on autopilot as we cruise. He's looking lovingly at each picture I hung. Then he looks quickly around at them and pauses, slapping his hand to the pocket on the left side of his uniform at his chest. Wait. He reaches in and pulls from his pocket a photo whose edges are tattered. He looks at it and smiles, then holds it out to me. Here. I wrinkle my brows as I reach out for the proffered photo. It's us, the two of us, arms wrapped around each other laughing. It had been taken just after we had returned from one of our first missions together. And there'd been some complications that we managed quite well. I hadn't realized at that time that Teddy seldom went on glitter or any other missions any longer, but he had. The man had all but stopped, then came back in full. For me. I feel the tears filling my eyes. I remember when this was taken. Yep, we had a hell of a good time, didn't we? He smiles. That we did. Papa points to the photo. I always kept that one next to my heart. I blink fast and take three breaths, consciously. I will my lungs to slow and am able to maintain control of my emotions. I take the autopilot off and focus my flight tasks as the vessel reaches the flight level that requires me to turn the pressurization on. Thanks, Papa. I slip the photo into my chest pocket, next to my heart, where it will stay. I remind myself what the next step is in the task. I have a playlist for you, he chuckles. Bet there's nothing on it from the last 200 years. You know it, Papa. I hit play and we sit for a half bell listening to music and holding hands. I'm studying his grizzled face. I want to memorize every curve and wrinkle. At the end of the ninth song on the playlist, Papa reaches into the shoulder bag he had taken from the house and draws out a large envelope. When it's time for you to go home, my girl, I need you to put this on the table in the dining room before you go do what you need to do. He extends the envelope to me and I take it, never breaking my gaze with Papa. I tuck it into one of the pockets of my flight suit. I sigh and reset the autopilot, then take a deep breath and kneel next to the navigator's seat. I wrap my arms around the man who both saved my life and taught me to live. I kiss him on both cheeks and then quickly on the lips. I lean back and look at him at arm's length. My tears are coming freely now. Thank you, Papa, for everything. I love you so. Teddy smiles and strokes my hair. It feels so comforting. I love you, Cat Wallace. Thank you for choosing my vessel to escape on, and thanks. He gestures around the vessel. For this. Now, let's get on with it. And don't forget, no matter what happens, you are Bosch. I stand and lift my chin, smiling and wiping my nose and snuffling. I point to the small box that is on the helm containing a nugget of glitter. Papa shrugs and nods, reaching for it. Then I turn and walk to the anteroom, picking up my mask and small portable oxygen tank. I settle the tank on my back and then pull the mask over my nose and mouth. 
I'd intended to leave now and use the remotes from outside, but when I realized that Papa would be alone when he died, I couldn't abide that, and Mama would be heartbroken with that thought. So I choose to stay and see his passage through. So I pull the first remote from my pocket and turn the nitrous on to mix with the oxygen in the cabin of the Skyhawk. I return and sit down next to Papa, my mask and oxygen tank keeping me alert. We chat aimlessly about missions past and times shared. We start talking about family, and before I know it, Teddy is giggling. Well, I'm off on an adventure. I'll see what's out there. I know I'll see you and everyone else again. Teddy begins a rambling, giggling monologue about family and Bosch, and I enjoy hearing him giddy and relaxed. We fly for a good half a bell. I know I am putting off what I have promised to do. My fingers toy with the remote, and I set it down and pick it up a couple of times until I feel Papa's hand on mine. I look at him and he smiles broadly. It's time to weigh anchor. I'm ready. I hesitate as he squeezes my hand. So, I pick up the remote. I feel tears stinging my eyes and my throat is thick. I turn the oxygen off and the nitrogen on. I hold his hands and look into his eyes. After a few minutes, his giggling ceases. Teddy draws his hands out of mine and leans back in his seat, reaching to pluck a picture of Miriam off my display. Oh, Miriam, he says slowly. I'm sorry it had to go this way. A long pause. I love you, Miriam. His eyes close and his hand drops, the picture of Mama slipping to the floor. I gasp a little. I wait. There are no more words. No more movement. No more breath. I reach out and feel his neck for a flicker. Nothing. I cradle his cheek and blink quickly and firmly, then take a deep breath. Goodbye, Papa. I whisper. I stand and move away from the helm toward the door. Then I turn and give the Bosch salute. My right fist firmly at my heart level. I step into the antechamber, shut the door, and seal it. I wipe my face and take a breath through my mask. It's time for me to return to the surface. I open the hatch, glancing down at the ground thousands of meters below. My eyes follow the tow line back to the glider, happily skipping in the airstream some 80 meters away. I hold on to the hand grips I installed and check the tautness of the line with my foot. And then I lean down and attach the zip line handle. I grip the handle and drop from the Skyhawk, sliding quickly to the glider. I land on the nose and my feet slip and slide, but I put in handholds here as well, so I'm able to pull myself to the window hatch. All I have to do is open it. I'm buffeted by the wind as I'm being towed by a vessel in flight. I go to open the hatch. It doesn't budge. Shit. I know I didn't lock it. Its latch should release when I press the button. I press it again, and I see the latch release but the window stays stubbornly shut. The wind pressure, it's holding it closed. Damn it, Teddy, I love you, but I'm not going on this mission with you to the end. I picture my babies into Kai and pull as hard as I can, but there's too much wind pressing on it. Fuck. I look back to the vessel. Can't go that way. As I shift my body to find a better angle, my feet slip out from under me, and I must quickly grab for the handholds as I hang from the side of the glider. I switch my hands so I'm on my back. Remembering the time I kicked out the back window of a vehicle, I reposition my body and use the toe of my boot to inch under the hatch. Then I use my legs to push it open enough for me to slide in. I'm breathing rapidly, and I can hear my heart beating in my ears along with the buffeting sound of the wind. 
Made it. I swing myself into the reclining seat and then struggle to pull the hatch closed. It finally shuts, and the noise of the air outside is quieted. I lock the window and breathe a sigh of relief. I want to put my head down and sob, but my promise to Papa is still not completely fulfilled. I release the tow line and steer the glider toward New Earth. Once I'm well away from the Skyhawk, I pull the second remote from my pocket and carefully remove the tape of the not-yet note. I stare at it for a moment, then set my mouth and push the button. I don't see the explosion behind me, but I hear it. There you go, Papa. Quick, clean, no drool. I blink fast as I steer the glider to a field and land. Then I simply lie in the reclined seat of the glider and begin to cry, grieving for the best man I've ever known, while at the same time cursing the worst man on the planet. I slam my hands on the sides of the cockpit over and over again, screaming curses, and my simple tears become gasping, gulping sobs. I choke, and my palms are burning. But the sting I feel is beyond physical. Abernathy taught me to bear that kind of pain, but this, this pain has worked its way into my skin. It has shattered my bones, burrowing a hole into the pit of my soul. I feel the memory of this sort of agonizing grief deep in me. I howl at the unfairness of the universe. A man I love is dead at my hands, and a man I hate and should have killed today still lives. But my day is not done. I have more heartache ahead. I promised Papa I would see this through, so I wipe my face, unlock the hatch, get my bearings, and head toward home.